Does your CEO have a 10-year vision? When you sit down at your desk every morning, are you excited and energized about the things your company's doing to create that vision? Or is the motivation more of a quarter-to-quarter thing? In our last podcast, we met a broadcast TV CEO with a decades-long record of not only having a vision, but also making it happen. Today, we talk with another CEO with a dynamic 10-year vision and a secret weapon to help him achieve it. Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Conduit Digital, your elite performance partner for white-label digital marketing, and the Media Audit, providing market-level consumer insights for more than 20 years. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Gordon. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks for uh, listening in to our podcast. I say R because it's for me and Corey, and Corey is not with us this week. He's doing what Corey does best, and that is crunching numbers, kind of hunkering down and doing some analysis and market share assessments for us. So he'll join us in our next podcast. It's me solo. You're stuck with me. So I wanted to talk about this uh, 10-year challenge we're going to be doing all summer. The idea was born in our last podcast. If you didn't listen to it, you should go back and listen to it. It's an interview with Perry Sook. And this guy has got a record over the past 20 years that I've known him of not only having a vision that seemed impossible, but making it work. And it really, truly was him getting involved. You know, it's the old Mahatma Gandhi statement, you know, you create your own uh, future. So at the end of that podcast, we decided, hey, let's over the summer see if uh, CEOs across the country of media companies have a vision. So the invitations have gone out and a lot of them have lined up. We do have a crickets from a few CEOs. So they're kind of thinking about it, I guess. One has declined. We will not name the person, <laughs> but I guess it's a like, oh, I'm a little afraid to say, you know, because anyway, let's not judge. So we had Perry Sook for this podcast. We've got Dave Santrilla from Salem Media. Really interesting, interesting company and interesting vision. We also got lined up Bob Pippen from iHeart, Jordan Wertley, CEO of uh, Hearst Television. Working on Sean Riley, the CEO of Lamar Outdoor. We're mixing it up a little bit. Uh, in our next podcast, the first one in uh, July, we'll have Curtis Legat, the CEO, new CEO of the National Association of Broadcasters. Certainly a lot going on there with broadcast licenses and broadcasters, ATSC 3.0, things like that. So we're going to check in with him and see his vision, what he thinks the broadcast landscape looks like in the long away time of 2032. So. Before we get to the interview with uh, Dave Santrella, I wanted to ask, how do you measure results? Because, you know, it's most often companies will measure them by financial results, you know, quarter to quarter, sure. And that's important to some extent. Or it might be the latest audience stats or page views or downloads or click-through rates, things like that. There are certainly measures of success, but nothing drives success better than passion. You're passionate about what you do. And really, what do you do when you go to a cocktail party and somebody says, hey, what do you do? Do you say, oh, I work for, and then you name the company? Or do you say something like, I help families reunite and with you know other family members and stay together long off, which is 
you know, Southwest Airlines mission. Is that what you do? One of my favorite books is a Roy Spence book from, gosh, I guess about a dozen years ago or so. It's called, It's Not What You Sell, It's What You Stand For. And it's a great, great book. Roy Spence is an advertising guy. He is famous for a number of things, the Southwest campaign, but also the campaign in Texas, where he's from back in the in the late 60s, where Texas, along with many other states, but particularly in Texas, had a very severe littering problem. You know, people were just throwing crap at their windows of cars, you know, beer cans and cigarette boxes and things like that. And it was just really bad in Texas because the government was putting up these signs that said, you better, this is how they combat it. You better not litter or we're going to find you. You're going to get fined. We're taking you to jail. You know, and anybody who knows folks in Texas, like Roy Spence did, noticed that, you know, we don't tell Texans what to do. So he created the campaign that showed pictures of cattle, you know, steer with uh, beer cans and cigarette boxes around their hooves. And the headline was, don't mess with Texas. So it was an anti-litter campaign that almost overnight was hugely successful, understanding that people stand for something. They want to have a purpose. They want to have a reason. They identify with something. And that certainly is the case at Salem Media. They've got about 1,300 employees. And, you know, when you think of AM and FM radio, the business that they're in, they have over 100 stations, 101 stations. You might think of adult contemporary music, classic rock stations, top 40 rap, maybe even, you know, NPR station. But did you know that none of those formats is in the top three? Salem Media dominates two of the top three, News Talk and Contemporary Christian, the largest commercial radio broadcaster in the U.S., operating, like I said, 100 stations, a radio network with more than 3,200 affiliates. And they operate the Salem News Channel, an OTT app that's featured on Apple TV, Roku, this is new, uh, and available on any connected TV. You'd be also surprised to know that they're on TikTok. Yes, a big Christian music station is on that lewd and lascivious platform called TikTok. They're really, really interesting. The vision in that company is driven by Dave Santrilla and certainly a lot of the others there, uh, as Dave will tell you. But I did want to get to him and the interview and his view of what 2032 looks like. And we'll do that right after this. Conduit Digital is the elite white-label digital marketing performance partner for successful agencies. We enable our partners to scale by acting as a certified expert extension of their in-house ad operations teams. If you're looking to solve hiring challenges, round out your suite of services, manage account overflow, or deliver best-in-class performance for clients, contact Conduit Digital. To learn more, visit conduitdigital.us. If you're in advertising, you know how vital it is to have a good grasp of consumer behavior in your market. That's where the media audit comes in. The Media Audit provides data on consumer buying patterns and media consumption habits, accessible through an easy-to-use software platform. To learn how to access the data for your market, visit themediaaudit.com. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show. It's good to be here, Gordon. Thank you. So you ready for the uh, the 10-year challenge? I'm going to try. This was quite <laughs> challenging. Okay, let's roll. So generally... What do you think 10 years from now, 2032 is going to look like? Feel free to talk about anything. What's the future look like to you? All right. Well, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk will rule the planet. They will be (laughs) in charge of everything. 
and none of us will leave our houses to do anything. We'll all weigh 700 pounds because we'll get no exercise anymore other than perhaps being on a Peloton bicycle. But other than that, I and, and on a more serious note, I actually think I think AI and the metaverse are going to change our lives even more drastically than it is right now. Uh, our ability to access products and services almost instantaneously uh, without leaving home will be even more prevalent. The idea that it knows what you need, when you need it, when you typically run out of shampoo, when you typically run out of dog food, household cleaners will provide the opportunity for us to really live in a cashless society where a lot of kind of our thoughts are thought for us and delivered to our doorstep. Um, and we're going to welcome that. And we're going to want that. Just like we kind of like it now, we'll like it even more as it gets even more intuitive. I think electric vehicles will make up the majority of vehicles on the road. I'm not sure that driverless cars will dominate in any fashion. I think consumer confidence around driverless cars is still not real strong. And it's going to take a whole lot of time to get all the non-driverless cars off the road. So I think driverless cars are still you know, quite a bit out there. And I think most importantly, the metaverse is going to provide a wealth of new opportunities for content distribution, for events, for audience and advertiser engagement, and of course, an entire new opportunity for commerce. So radio is going to be very, very challenged. A medium that began 100 years ago with radio sets in the household and morphed when television became primetime into drive time medium, you know, basically for kids and rock and roll and, and AM, you know, news and things like that. So here we are again, you know, 100 years later, you know, with a very challenged future, if the future turns out the way you say, and that, you know, AI takes over and people just get products when they need it, that's going to be very challenging for one of the key lifebloods of radio, which is advertising. So what's the radio industry look like to you 10 years from now? What's different? What's the same? Yeah, well, I, you know, first off, I think that that what you just said is is interesting because while it does provide that opportunity where people say, gosh, you know, I've made my mind up that, you know, I don't know, you know, Purina dog foods, the dog food for my dog. And now it just starts coming. I don't even have to think about that shopping experience anymore. Well, on one side, that could be bad. On the other side, boy, it sure means that your ability to burn your brand into the minds of consumers is more important than ever because they won't perhaps be as fickle as they were in the past. And so actually, I think that provides a great opportunity for us. I think that provides a great opportunity for radio, which has always been a strong brand builder, to be able to say, look, all the chips are on the table, man. You know, uh, you know, it used to be that when I ran out of dog food every two weeks, I was back at the grocery store buying more. And every two weeks is my opportunity to decide on what the net, you know, if I should change uh, dog foods. Now, I know I'm going to stick with one dog food for a long time. Well, by golly, then you better make sure that it's your dog food. And so I think it's a great opportunity for radio because brand building will be more important than ever. So, you know, what do I think radio looks like? 10 years from now, I, I think it looks like a lot of very interesting things. I think we'll be able to engage with our audiences in a very, very unique way. I think we'll be able to allow immersive experiences for audiences. 
you know, live events can completely change when you now have the ability to allow people to be a part of the event without actually being at the event. And I, I think that provides all sorts of new sponsorship opportunities. And as we're able to gather more and more first-party data on our listeners, it's going to provide us with the opportunity to you know, really pinpoint very specific audiences for our advertisers. I remember, you know, years ago selling against the newspaper and, you know, car dealers were the hardest thing because they'd say, well, you know, we advertise in the newspaper because the you know newspaper readers that are at the automotive section, they're the buyers. Well, how big is the newspaper is the automotive section of a newspaper now? It doesn't barely exist. Why? Because that that's so rudimentary compared to today when you can really pinpoint not just people that are interested in cars, but people that are interested in a specific brand of car and looking at other cars. And I just think that data is going to drill down deeper and deeper and deeper. And the more we as a media can, can, you know, create even more of an engagement with that listener, we're gathering that level of information. It means that we're going to be able to provide that level of data to advertisers and pinpoint with much more accuracy real buyers for their products and services. And I'm I'm actually really excited about that. Let's boil it down to Salem Media. What's your vision, Dave, for Salem Media in that distant future? Yeah, I think we're going to p- continue to provide great content via every vehicle in which it's being consumed. We do that now. And I think that, you know, as emerging technologies and emerging platforms you know, take place, we'll also be a part of that. We'll be expanding the platforms and the kind of content that we provide. Uh, provide based on the unique audiences that we serve. And I really think that that's probably what is a differentiator from Salem from other broadcasters is because we do serve such a niche audience that it allows us to do things in, in multiple platforms just geared to that audience. And so whether it's things like we do now with Salem Now, our transactional video on demand platform, or what we're doing, of course, with TikTok and and influencers, because we serve this niche audience, it allows us to really have a lot of fun and play in all sorts of new platform universes. So give me 30 seconds on this. Salem is mainly very spiritually oriented in terms of content, motivational oriented, how does that play into the future? Greater demand for that, less of a demand for that, more challenging. What's that look like 10 years from now? First off, Salem is both a broadcast company that focuses on Christian content, content that's safe for the whole family, and politically conservative content. Those are our three main audiences. And I think as time goes on, again, we just have the ability to expand the platforms on which we provide content that's of interest to those audiences. So I just think it allows us to keep diving deeper and deeper and deeper. I mean, 10 years ago, TVOD didn't exist. It does now, and we're on that platform. 10 years ago, podcasting didn't exist at the level it does now, and yet we're on that platform. TikTok was you know, just getting started, and yet we're deep into that universe. So I just think it provides us that opportunity to continue to go deeper with those platforms and new platforms that you and I don't even know exist right. I'm still astounded about that one uh, TikTok, Salem Media on TikTok. Congratulations, by the way, on that. Who would have thunk it, huh? (laughs) Dave Santrella, CEO of Salem Media, thanks for joining us and for taking the 10-year challenge. 
Well, that was one of the more fascinating interviews that I have done, knowing that, you know, we, we can often kind of sit back and go, well, okay, you know, those dyed-in-the-wool Christian conservative folks, they never want to see any change, and they're going to rail against this or that. But, you know, they're the first to grasp on new technology and new platforms, at least they are at Salem. And I think that's really admirable. And Dave talked about getting deeper and deeper and more niche and niche. And that is really what, you know, the future is all about with this digital media. You can now reach massive amounts. It's an oxymoron. Massive amounts of niche audiences through targeting and through so many different opportunities to push the message out across all these platforms. So, you know, I think that is really admirable. And I also note that we kind of see it with another company, too. When you look at companies that are really driven to understand the digital environment and really move forward, they have an employee base that is is just starry-eyed about what they're doing. They have a mission. This doesn't mean you'd have to be working for a Christian radio group or some other radio type, um, you know, with those type of moral values. It just means, okay, what is your purpose? What are you doing? Are you trying to help, you know, entre- local entrepreneurs stay in business and fight against the big Walmarts and Targets? You know, that's a cer- certainly a great and admirable mission. That's the backbone of this country. And if you're helping them with their marketing, and their advertising, well, there, there's your mission. I suggest you look for it. The other company I mentioned that was doing it is Deseret Media. They long have been at the forefront of transformation of you know the Deseret News and KSL TV and their whole operation with Deseret Digital Media, affiliated with the Mormon Church and family values and all the types of things that, that they're doing too. So in conclusion, I think there's something there about Wow. Okay. If you have a vision and you do have some type of altruistic mission, you know, whether it's saving the planet or you know, getting families from point A to point B economically efficiently, that I think is really, really going to help your mission. So I ask you, I guess the lesson from this one is what is your mission? What is the vision of your CEO? Hey, if you have a CEO, you didn't hear me mention him at the top of the show and you thought, wow, I'd love to have my CEO do this. Just send us an email, podcast at BorellAssociates.com, and we'll certainly consider it. We've got about six shows. We'll probably do about a dozen CEO interviews over the summer. I hope you found this show useful, and I hope you didn't miss Corey too much. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Conduit Digital and by The Media Audit. If you have ideas for future shows or guests, email the hosts at podcast at Thanks for listening, and remember, market well.